<laughs> Thank you. Thanks, sweetie. Preach the word. All right. Well, let's do that in Luke chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles, it's not going to be on the screen today. So Luke chapter 12. While you're turning there, I'll just tell you real quickly that I was sitting next to Kim Chesser and he said that he talked with Pansy this week and uh, Pansy said to Gateway Church of Christ, hello. I miss Pansy. I hope she gets to move back here soon. We are in our series of lessons called Man Verses. We've been using this boxing metaphor to talk about being in the fight of our life in some cases, being in the ring with sins, sins that are opponents that can knock us down, can knock us out, could be deadly. And, and the first four that we talked about were fairly safe and comfortable on some level. Uh, one of them we talked about was man versus couch. So we kind of talked about laziness and, and how that could be a dangerous thing in our life. But all the people who are struggling with that and are lazy uh, really didn't care too much about the lesson. So anyways, uh, and then, you know, we talked about, uh, we, a couple of the lessons were about envy and greed. And of course, all of us kind of feel like that's not really our problem. None of us are envious and none of us are greed, greedy. So, so that was pretty easy to talk about and pretty easy to listen to. And we also talked about pride and the people who are prideful, who struggle with that particular sin all know that they're actually above that sin, and so that's no problem for them either. So they've been pretty easy as you went along for about four of these that we discussed. And, and then the last three that we're talking about here, they've been a little tougher. Last week, we talked about lust. And next week, we're going to talk about anger. And this week we talk about man versus food. And those of us who struggle with any of these last three, we know it. And we're embarrassed. And so these are difficult sermons. They're difficult to say out loud. They're difficult to listen to. And I want you to understand, as I've said before in the other weeks... None of these sermons are intended to heap guilt or shame upon you. That's not the purpose. They're not intended to make a list of rules so that we can say, well, if you struggle with this, just do number one, two, and three, and everything will be fine. They're not intended to do that either. That's what the Pharisees tried to do. But they are meant to do a couple of things. They're meant to encourage each of us to examine our heart, to bring those hearts to the Lord for healing if they need be. They're meant to encourage us not to become weary in doing good, not to quit. Don't give up. Stay in the battle. So have you ever thought about God's choice to create us the way that he did? Our bodies. Our bodies are created to be filled up with food, and we get good stuff from the food. We get energy, calories from the food, and, and, and then we get rid of the waste of whatever we ate that wasn't good. And so is eating just utilitarian? Is that all it is? We just need some calories? We just need some vitamins so we'll stay healthy? Or is eating 
more meaningful than that. Does food matter? See, it's interesting that the Bible is full of verses about food. I mean, it's everywhere. This is such a huge subject. You could spend weeks, maybe months, talking about this particular subject. As a matter of fact, last spring, we did a whole series where we turned our church pews around in a big circle and we set a table right out in the middle and we talked about being at the table and eating food and all the times that Jesus sat down with people and how important the table, how important food is. The whole story, the whole thing begins when God created the world and it starts in a garden. That's where it started. Paradise, a garden. Where God said, grow food, work on it, help it grow, do your part, prepare it, eat it, enjoy it. That was part of paradise, a gift from this good God. And not only is it just there physically for them to eat in paradise, but God continues to use food to shape his people. In the Old Testament, there were seven annual gatherings that God commanded. I command you to go to these seven annual gatherings. The Israelites in the Old Testament, his people, and every single one of them is a feast. Now, God could have, he could have said anything. He said, look, I want you to get together seven times a year. That's important. You need to gather up. All of you get together. And what I want you to do is I want you to work hard together. That's what I want you to do. But he didn't say that. What I want you to do is I want you to get together and, and I just want you to go on a pilgrimage together. I want you to walk somewhere and remember. No, he didn't say that. I want you to get together and I want you to be really still and think about me. He didn't say any of that. He said, I want you to get together seven times a year and I want you to have a feast. Not necessarily the most important, but probably the most famous of those meals, Passover. Passover meal. The entire meal, every part of it, is symbolic and meant to remind people of the story of God, the story of the people of Israel. Symbolic to, to remind them that God rescued us out of Egypt. This is what Exodus chapter 12 says. Just stay in Luke. Luke, because we'll be, I'm just going to read this real quick. We'll go to Luke in just a second. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony, talking about Passover. And when your children ask you, catch that? When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? Then tell them it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. God wants his people to use meals as a place where faith is passed on right at your table at your house whatever your address is god wants that table to be a place where faith grows faith is passed on where families sit around and we don't just watch tv or jeopardy and I'm, there's nothing wrong with that i like to do that sometimes or watch a sporting event i mean if the pittsburgh steelers are playing you should be watching tv all right while you're eating don't stop eating pittsburgh steelers yes cowboys turn it off all right so anyways uh but but here's the deal it doesn't mean it's wrong to watch TV, but, but use that table as a place for faith to grow. I know one family, this is so cool, some good friends of ours, they printed off a bunch of scriptures on, on a computer, and then they cut them out, little strips of paper, and they put them in a jar, and they set it on their dinner table. And each time they gathered to eat, somebody, it was their turn to pick, they'd pull one out, and they would read a scripture. So we're going to eat spiritually, then we're going to eat 
physically. That doesn't mean that's the way to do it. It just means be creative. Think of ways. Even now, you don't have kids at home anymore. So what? You can keep growing spiritually. Think of ways that your table can be a place where you gather for food and faith grows. Because food matters. As we think even about God creating us physiologically, I mean, our bodies, they're made to be filled up and then they emptied out. We don't just fill up once and then we're done. That doesn't happen. We eat and we get emptied out and we fill up again and we empty out. And this happens over and over throughout our whole life. And that's not just physical. That's a mirror of what is happening to us or should be happening to us spiritually. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled up with the Spirit. And those words in the Greek language mean continuously keep being filled up with the Spirit over and over and over and over and over. Why? Because when we do get filled up with the Spirit, what happens? He kind of leaks out somehow. I guess because we're imperfect and we're humans and we live on this earth. And, and so then we need to be filled up again. And this happens over and over. It's a rhythm of life. Over and over. Filled, emptied. Filled, emptied. But as the Bible calls it, gluttony. Gluttony attempts to stay full all the time. Never experience hunger. Never experience emptiness. Never experience need. Gluttony is an attempt to fill ourselves instead of turning to the giver of food and depending on him. And it can become a worship of the gift, that is food, instead of the giver of food, and that is God. So, we're going to read from Luke 12, but as you can imagine, if you were preaching this sermon, you would need to pray before you preach this sermon. Amen? Well, then let's pray. God, we're about to read your word, and we're talking about a subject that uh, hits pretty close to home for us. And is painful for some of us. And I ask today God. That you would. By the power of your spirit. That you would teach us. What we need to know. Help us God to be ready to bring. Any broken part of our heart to you today. And trade you. For your rest. May the words of my mouth. And the meditations of our heart. Be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus name. Amen. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. Beginning in verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you're going to eat. Or about your body. What you're going to wear. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storerooms or barns. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, oh, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagans run after all such things. And your father knows you need them. But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. 
Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. If you've got your Bible, just keep it open right there because I'm going to keep referring back to verses in this all through this lesson. You ever heard the saying, you are what you eat? How many of you heard that before? You are what you eat. Yeah, everybody's heard that, right? You are what you eat. Well, it's kind of a, a deal in, in, in America. I don't know where else people say it, but especially in America, where the, the message is trying to say, if you eat a bunch of garbage, you're going to be unhealthy. And the message is, be healthy. Well, instead of that, today, this message could be titled, you, not, not you are what you eat, but it could be titled, you are how you eat. You are how you eat. And the message, hopefully, will be not be healthy, but be holy. Frederick Buechner, a theologian, defined gluttony in this way. He said, a glutton is someone who raids the refrigerator as a cure for spiritual malnutrition. I want to read that one more time. If you didn't hear anything else today, that might be the most important thing right there. A glutton is someone who raids the refrigerator as a cure for spiritual malnutrition. See, I think it's very oversimplified to simply say that a glutton is someone who just eats too much or a glutton is a person who's overweight. And I want you to understand this message today is not the same message that our culture gives. Our culture gives this message. You, every single one of you in this room and everyone else in the world, you're not pretty enough. You're not skinny enough. You need to go on a diet. You need to be more healthy and then you'll be valuable. That's what our culture tells us and that's a bunch of bull, okay? That is not, I'm not going to give you a, a deal that says we should eat less and here's a diet and so we'll go out and let's be better people. I'm not going to say that today. That's very oversimplified. Listen to what the Bible says about, about this, about gluttony. Proverbs 23, my child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart, you hear that? Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty and too much sleep clothes them in rags. See, Proverbs chapter 23, starting verse 19 that I just read, connects gluttony and drunkenness not with our health, not with the size of our bodies. It doesn't connect that. It connects gluttony and drunkenness with wisdom, with our hearts, and with poverty. There's something inside that's going on. And how we... Eat, how we eat, reveals, or may reveal at least, some of the things that are going on inside here. And that's what I want us to get to today. Maybe we need to bring those things to God. Thank Him for that revelation, that revelation and ask Him to heal whatever we may see about our heart today. So I'm going to give you five things, basically man versus food in five categories. And this is those who eat in these five ways. How do we eat? Here they are, five ways. You ready? Number one, too picky. Some people eat too picky. Number two, some people eat too sumptuously. That's how they eat. Some people eat too hastily. Some people eat too greedily. And some people eat too much. So those are five we're going to tackle. I'm going to go through them pretty fast. And we're going to have something right up here so that we can kind of maybe remember a little bit of what we're talking about as we go through these. So here we go. Some people eat how? Too picky. And what better to represent being too picky than a Starbucks cup? Now, I have nothing against Starbucks. I happen to love Starbucks. I drank the Starbucks coffee out of this this morning before I brought it to you. <laughs> but did you know that Starbucks, I don't, maybe you did know this, Starbucks claims to have 87,000 drink combinations. 87,000! 
And you've heard people in line before. You're behind them, you know, and they're like, I'd like a, a mocha with three shots and foam and the cream and some sugar and, you know, a little bit of uh, some of that stuff back there. And they're, you know, and they got all this stuff and make it a medium and get it just a little bit hotter and put a piece of ice in it. And you're like, come on, I just want a cup of coffee, you know. Would you please shut up and get out of my way? So that's, that's, a, different, that's a different sermon. I need to talk about that one some other time. Okay, that's impatience. So 87,000 combinations. You know what that says? That says I can have it when I go to Starbucks my way. Just the way that I want to have it. Because I like to have things in life my way. Now I'm not suggesting that there's something holy about being a martyr and never asking for something you like. That's not the point. Like we're just supposed to suffer through life, you know, all of life. And if you suffer, then, oh boy, you're really holy. Those two things are not necessarily the same. But there can be a habit inside of our hearts that may be saying this, I cannot be satisfied unless I get my way every single day. And this may just simply be one example of how that's happening in all kinds of areas in our life. This habit may be saying something about our hearts that we need to bring to God. Maybe this is what it's saying. If I could get this just the way that I want it, then I could at least control part of my life. If I could get my way, I can control certain things in my life. And maybe there are some of us here today that how we eat represents we're trying to control life. We want to be in control. But the truth is we really, there are many things in life we can't control. But thankfully there's a God who's in control and we can trust him. Proverbs 19 says this, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We can make plans, but God is in control. In this Luke 12, if you've got your Bibles open, look back at verse 25. Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? It's like Jesus is trying to say, you can't control your life. It's not to say we can't do anything, but you can't be in control of all this. Now, I may be reading too much into a Starbucks cup. That's definitely possible. But this is still a good reminder today. Psalm 118, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He's my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Here's a great reminder today. The Lord is with us. The Lord is our helper. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is in control. And that's a place we can rest even when we feel like we want to be in control. So, some people eat too picky. The second way is some people eat too sumptuously. And, and I, I could think of other things that would be better, but I'm too, I'm too lazy to prepare them. All right, so this is what I prepared right here to represent too sumptuously is, can you guys see this? Can you see it? Chocolate chunk cookies. Yeah, not chocolate chip chocolate chunk and not just any cookie the soft ones you know what i'm talking about some some of you guys are like stop it stop doing this to me (laughs) no kim you stay seated now this is like a treat right and and there's nothing wrong with treating ourselves there's nothing wrong with 
having something special, a delicious treat or dessert, an expensive dinner at your favorite restaurant. Those are all blessings from a good God who gives us good gifts. But can it be a habit in our heart that starts to say, I cannot be satisfied if I don't have the very best. I have to have the best. That is not good enough for me. I am above that. This habit, if this is our habit, of having to have something sumptuous to eat all the time, the very best, may be saying something in our hearts that we need to bring to God. If I could get the most expensive, if I could get the best food, then it proves that I am valuable. I think that's maybe what some of us feel like sometimes. People just don't understand how much I've sacrificed. They don't know what I've given. They don't know what I've done, and I deserve. And and maybe this is a way that we're kind of living that out in our life, perhaps. But here's the truth. You already are valuable. Verse 24, and where you've got your Bibles open there, verse 24 says, look at the ravens. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? You're valuable. You're valuable to God. And I may be reading too much into this pile of cookies. That's a good chance I may be. But regardless if I am or not, here's a good reminder for us today. God has been showing you. He's been, he's been showing you your value over and over and over throughout your life. And through history, And most important, he showed your value by sending Christ. Even if this is the thing you struggle with the most. Jesus knows that. And he loves you and he gave his life for you. Just the way you are today. Some people eat too picky. Some people, and and that's because maybe we want to be in control. Some people eat too sumptuously. Maybe because we want to feel valuable. But then there's some people who eat too hastily. And what to better represent haste than, what is that? That's a McDonald's sack out of the back of my car, all right? The Golden Arches. Boy, yeah, you want to talk about fast food, right? Fast food. This one is most convicting to me. It speaks most to my lifestyle. It speaks most to the habits of my heart personally. Because fast food is not just how they make it or how fast we get it. It's how fast we eat it. And how fast we're moving in our life as we eat it. There's kind of this rhythm that God built in to life. A rhythm of waking and sleeping and waking and sleeping. Of eating and being filled up and emptying. There's this rhythm of stopping. A couple of times a day, maybe three times a day, stopping. Preparing something to eat. Setting down with people. Slow down and sit down. Enjoy the taste and enjoy the people. Be thankful and be together. But I'm telling you, I'm too busy for that. I literally do, oftentimes, eat standing up while I'm working in my office. I eat in my car while I'm going to work to do something, to run an errand or see some people. I realized as I was reading over the last few weeks... There are many, 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 many meals that I eat and I don't even taste a bite of what I ate because I am eating so fast. I loved, as I was reading this, I read a story about a a, a woman who talked about her grandmother and she said, 
She remembered when she was a little kid and her grandmother went out and she picked the first peach off the tree in the yard. And she sat down with her granddaughter and she said, we're going to eat this. We're going to take our time. We're going to eat this really slow. We're going to enjoy every bite. Think of how long it took God to grow this peach. We're going to enjoy it. And I thought, I don't do that ever. I inhale peaches, you know, and spit the seed out, you know, wherever I'm at. I mean, I just don't take time to slow down. If this could be a a habit in my heart, it may be a habit that's saying, I have to provide for myself. I've got to get all this stuff done. I don't have enough time. I've got to work, 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 work. Because it depends on me. Instead of slowing down and acknowledging God is provider. Verse 24 again in the verse where you've got it open. Consider the ravens. They don't sow. They don't reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. You think if God's going to feed birds, you think he's going to miss you? No, he's not going to miss us. I may be reading too much into our addiction for fast food, but regardless, even if that's what I'm doing, here's a good reminder. Psalm 46 says this, Be still and know that I'm God. Know that I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted on the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Slow down. Too picky. Too sumptuously. Too fast. This one right here, the third one, the fourth one. Too greedily. Greedily. Is that a word? Greedily? Greedily? Nope. Okay. Too greedy. All right. People eat too greedy. Here it is. What represents that better than? A big bowl of chips at a Mexican restaurant. Have you guys ever noticed what happens? At least, at least when I go to eat at a Mexican restaurant, you know, and we're sitting around the table, and it really doesn't matter who I'm with, I mean, we just kind of are voracious. We dig in, man. We start eating this stuff. And it's almost like this feeling like, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if they'll bring anymore. Maybe it was the last chips they had in the whole building, you know? And I'm kind of afraid that we might run out. And, and then it gets down to the bottom, there's one or two left, and I'm always like, I don't want to be too selfish, but man, I want that, I want that chip, you know? Some of you are laughing because you've experienced this. Some of you are not laughing because you don't think you should laugh in church. But anyways, that's all right. You get over that. But here's the deal. It's the truth. We kind of have this greedy, like, oh, man, what if we, what if we run out? What if we run out? This could be a habit of our heart. That I'm afraid there's not enough. I've always got to have more than I can eat right now. Verse 29 says, And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things. Your father knows that you need these things. And yet we do set our hearts on it, don't we? We go to Sam's and and we get a basket and we buy enough food for like a small orphanage, you know, to bring home. And I know some of that's convenience, but some of it is also, well, there's... You know, 24 boxes of Fruit Loops, and I might run out. So I'm going to get 48 boxes just in case. I don't ever want to. There might not be enough. What if I come back to Sam's and they discontinued Fruit Loops? You know, this would be horrible. We set our hearts on this stuff. J.E. told me this uh, about a study he read about. He read this study about these very young kids. They were brought in a, 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 bowl, a bowl of mac and cheese was set in front of them, and it was way too big for them to eat. And, and the people that were doing the study told them, just eat as much as you want, however much you want, and, and then when you're done, you can go play. And so they ate, 
They ate a few bites, they ate some, and then they ran off and they went and played, and that was it. And they were young, they were two or three or four years old. They brought him back several years later, and they set an inordinately large bowl of mac and cheese in front of these kids that were a few years older than that, more than they really probably could eat or should or would even want to. And they told them, just eat the mac and cheese, however much you want, and then you can go play. And most of the kids in the study ate the whole bowl. Now, why did they do that? Because we taught them to do that at home. As their bodies were telling them, oh, you just need a little bit, so that's what they do when they're young. But we said, oh, you better, you better eat all that. You know, there's hungry kids over there in some other place. You know, you, we, you know, come on, you better clean your plate. And we taught them to eat more. To be greedy almost in their food. Brian mentioned today's potluck. <laughs> I wish so much I would have planned it this way, but it just accidentally fell this way. But I got to thinking about it, and I thought, you know, some of you will go through line today for potluck, and you'll be getting some food, and it's all good. We're not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but some of you are going to look back and be like, that's a pretty long line. That's a big crowd today, and this right here looks good, and I'm going to get my seconds now. Because <laughs> when I come back through, that'll be gone. So I'm going to get seconds now. And, and John, when he comes through, he can have those green beans right over there. Okay, so, And it's just because we're like, I, there might not be enough. I, I might, not, I might have, have enough. I may be reading too much into how quickly we eat chips. I probably am. But regardless, here's a good reminder. Jesus said this. When you pray, say this. Give us today our daily bread. And then tomorrow we'll say that prayer again. God, give us today our daily bread. And the next day we'll say, God, give us today our daily bread. And where did Jesus get that from? Maybe he got it from Moses when Moses said, Here, here's your bread. Go out and get all you want. Go ahead, go eat. Enough for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. God, God will take care of us. God will, there will be enough. That's the point. We think there might not be enough. God says there'll be enough. Don't you worry. There will be enough. And the last one, number five. Some of us just eat too much. And what represents eating too much better, at least in my life, for me, maybe not for you, than what? <laughs> pecan pie. That's good. I could, I'm too lazy to make a pecan pie. This is number two right here. Cookies and cream ice cream. Oh, yes. A half a gallon of cookies and cream ice cream. Now, uh, it's probably going to melt, but if I bought this and took it home, I have, I, I have to, in order to stay married, I have to share this, okay, with the people I live with. But if I was just by myself and they were out of town, I could eat this entire thing right here, right? Not just a couple of bites, the whole half gallon, all right? Some of us are just, the way we eat, how we eat, is too much. If, we're, if, we, if we eat without thinking at all, like I do sometimes, if we snack all day long, if, if we never listen to our body to even see if I'm hungry or not, if we never do any of that, we may be struggling with eating this way too much. This is a pretty serious problem in America, isn't it? Conan O'Brien, who's a late night, late night host uh, on a TV show, he said... Uh, a couple of years ago, he said, there's a company in San Francisco that's come out with uh, 
some some things that they've got for people. It's specifically designed for people that are overeating, and they're called glutton pants, or as Americans call them, pants. Yeah, and and that's sort of true because Americans we tend to do this. We tend to overeat. We tend to eat too much. And here's the deal. Oftentimes we eat to avoid the things that are going on inside of our hearts. Loneliness and emptiness. Hurt feelings and resentment. Anger or bitterness. I don't want to think about that stuff. So I think instead of thinking about that stuff or feeling that way, I will eat some ice cream. And not just a little bit. I'll eat it all. I'm just confessing. This is me. Sometimes... Because I've had the fear of facing those things that are below the surface. And I don't know if I can handle if they come to the top. I just say, let's just eat. Let's eat more. Luke 12, verse 32. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid. God can heal these parts of our life if we'll stop covering them up with food. If we'll allow them to come to the surface and we'll look at them and offer them to God and say to God, here, Here's the things that are inside my heart that I need healing. Now, I may be reading too much into how much we overeat. But regardless, here's a good reminder this morning. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary. If you're tired, if you're heavy laden, if you're just sick of it, come to me and bring whatever's in your heart and I will give you rest. So if you've got some things in your heart today that need healing, you bring them to Jesus and you trade for his rest. And he's faithful to take whatever you bring. One of our scriptures up here on the top, 1 Timothy 1, 18-19, says we want to stay in the fight. Fight the good fight. And so in this battle, I'm going to very quickly give you three very quick counterpunches. What can we do if we're in this ring, man versus food, and we're having a struggle? Number one, enjoy the gift of your table. Wherever your table is, enjoy it. Enjoy the people around it. Enjoy the food, taste every bite, listen to every word that's said. Slow down. Enjoy your table. That's number one. That's the first counterpunch. The second counterpunch is this. Allow your stomach to feel empty. Allow your stomach to feel empty. I dare you. I dare you. Several years ago, maybe 20 years ago, Amy and I went to a thing called Way Down Workshop. Maybe some of you have been to that, and, and I actually didn't lose a lot of weight, but something happened in that that changed my life. The lady said in the video, she said this, Whenever you're watching this video, this is what I want you to do. You can eat anything you want. Whatever is your favorite food, you can eat it. But as soon as you feel hungry, just drink one glass of water and just wait five minutes. And if you're still hungry, eat whatever you want. Get anything you want and eat it. And, but if you're not, then just wait and wait until you get hungry again. And, and just wait until you're hungry and then eat. And I thought, okay. I was like, I think I'll do that. It was on a Sunday night here at Gateway in a class. Later that night, I kind of, my stomach growled a little bit. And I was like, oh, I usually like to eat chips and salsa at night, you know, or something. And so I went over and got a glass of water, and, and I waited a few minutes. I wasn't hungry. So I went to bed, and I got up the next morning, and I thought, well, breakfast, you know. I was kind of, yeah, growling, you know, a little bit. Got a glass of water, drank it, and I was like, hmm, I'm not hungry. It's weird. So I went, lunch, stomach was growling, drank a little water, went away. I wasn't hungry at all. I went home that night, Monday night. You know, it's like, well, we're probably going to eat dinner, but I had a glass of water. I'm not hungry. This is, I can't believe this. I'm so full. When I went to that class on Sunday night, it was Tuesday at lunch before I ate anything. Because I'm full all the time. Never allowing myself to feel hunger. 
So I challenge you, maybe this week, to try that. See what happens. See what it feels like to be hungry and see what God does with that. The Bible calls this fasting. And I know fasting is out of style. A lot of you are like, oh, great. Here we go. I'm not going to talk about fasting. I'm never going to do that. Fasting is stupid. That's the Old Testament. And I'm not going to. But here's the deal. I just want to say this about fasting. A lot of people have made fasting into this thing like, oh, you've got to suffer. And if you'll suffer enough, you can demand God's attention. And then you pray and he has to answer your prayer. But it's not about that. Fasting is not about suffering as much as it is about making some room for God. Setting aside a little space for God to show up. So I challenge you, in this area, allow your stomach to feel empty. That's the second one. And the third one is this, and it's communion. Communion. We've already done it today, but if if you're a Christian, you're probably going to do it again soon. Communion is a meal. And it's a meal to remember that God provides, that God values us, that God's in control, that God is enough, and that God will heal our hearts. I want you to see this. This quote, as we finish today, this is just about the last thing we're going to do here, by this Dr. Norman Wurzba, who I don't know anything about, but this is what he said. Whenever people come to the table, not communion, but just your table at home, this is what he says. When people come to the table, they demonstrate with the unmistakable evidence of their stomach that they are not self-subsisting gods. They are finite and mortal creatures, dependent on God's many good gifts. Sunlight, photosynthesis, decomposition, foil fertility, Soil fertility, water, bees, butterflies, chickens, sheep, cows, gardeners, farmers, cooks, strangers and friends. The list goes on and on. Eating reminds us that we participate in a grace-saturated world. Eating reminds us that we exist, that we participate in a grace-saturated world. And that's what communion should do for us. Communion should remind us that we participate, that we exist in a grace-saturated world. My hope this morning, my hope this morning is that you do not feel ashamed of eating cookies or chips or McDonald's or ice cream or Starbucks. If that's what you got out of this message, you missed the whole message. You didn't hear a single thing I said. So just go and listen to someone else talk about food because I messed up. That's not what I said today. Nothing like that. My hope is this morning that what you heard is that God is in control. That you are valuable. That God will provide for you. That there will always be enough. And that God can heal your heart. That's my prayer and has been my prayer for what you would hear this morning. Our good, good God gave us the gift of food on this earth. It's a gift. And here's the cool part. He's preparing a place for us to join him after this life is over. And guess what part of that preparation is? A feast. He's preparing a place at the table with Jesus our Savior. And I want to say this to you today. If you have never made reservations at that table, today's the day. Today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. If you've never accepted the gift of eternal salvation, you do that today. Jesus extends the invitation to you. You come find me and we'll baptize you into Christ this morning if you've never done that. Whatever your need may be, we're going to have shepherds here to pray with you. Come as we stand and as we sing about this great feast that we're headed toward. Let's stand and sing. I'm going to view that holy city. Oh, I'm going to view that holy city one of these days. I'm going to 